Here we are, Brokes, podcast number five, uh, Dr. Andrew, and we are down at my practice down at Miranda, and welcome down. Welcome down to 2017. It's our first podcast for this year. Unbelievable. Can't, can't believe we've waited until February. That might be an indication of uh, how organised we are. Or how much energy we've been putting into our practices and families in the meantime. And buying presents and having holidays. How about that? (laughs) Well, that's a good point. We all need a break to refresh, regenerate, reorganise. The three R's. Yeah, but we're great to be back. It's great to be back. And uh, I'm looking forward to chatting about this topic because, look, this topic is something that I talk about with other patients when they come to see me. and, And... Sometimes it's confusing seeing different chiropractors and the experience that you have with one chiropractor is not often the same as universally the same, is it? Everyone's got their own beliefs well, around techniques. Let's say, what is the topic that we're talking about? The topic is... Different techniques, the different chiropractic styles and techniques that are utilised by the chiropractic profession. And when we say that chiropractic is a philosophy, a science, and an art, the philosophy is why, the science is the study about the physiology and the body and the mind, and the art is how do we practice chiropractic. And that is what can be different for every practitioner. Well, and funny enough, uh, since I spoke to you about our last podcast, and we had a chat, we adjusted each other a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't do a podcast, and we spoke about how, we spoke about how different universities even have different philosophies on how chiropractic should be done. Yeah, and, and how that has changed from the university that we both studied at, which was Macquarie Uni here in Sydney, which started out as Sydney College of Chiropractic and, and Osteopathy. osteopathy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that before. Yeah. Uh, and how uh, the way that they teach has radically changed. And I say radically because I was a part of teaching the course for five years uh, compared to where we were there. I think the science uh, is vastly improved. The philosophy is non-existent compared to when we went through. Yeah, we certainly had guys come and chatting to us that were long-term chiropractors who had a very strong belief in chiropractic and how chiropractic could improve people beyond pain. And they, that we used to get those weekly sessions. They were like pep talks, weren't they? And they had he had this guy called John Kelly. He had yeah. so much passion. Yeah, for, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah, for chiropractic, and even the guy who I worked with, um, Lindsay Collins, an older guy who helped me when I was younger, uh, and some of these other longer term uh, senior chiropractors in the profession who paved the way for people like you and I mm. had very strong beliefs in what chiropractic can do beyond pain. Um, and it seems the profession in some universities has moved away from that. And that you actually mentioned, and a friend of ours, Ash Hall, mentioned as well, that there's two different belief systems within universities at the moment with chiropractic. One of them being what's known as vitalistic, which I didn't, I didn't even know what vitalistic meant. I mean, mm-hmm. I, what does that mean, vitalistic? Vitalistic is uh, that we, uh, the human body is a bioorganism and 
we are a self-regulating, self-healing organism. So there is something inside of us. A healing force. A healing force, which we refer to as innate. And you know what? That's not exclusive to chiropractic because when I went to my dermatologist last year to get uh, a skin cancer removed off my lip, uh, I had a conversation with her and she talked about your innate immune system. And I said, Doc, that's amazing. I'm a chiropractor. I talk about innate every week. What do you explain to your people, to your patients? This is a dermatologist, by the way, if you didn't hear that. She said, well, I explained to people that that is uh, that uh, energy inside us which helps us regulate and heal. Every person has it. So vitalistic means then that they have a... When they teach the course, they're, t- they're basing it on the fact that you can tap into this body's own healing ability. And so that's an important factor for students to understand that if there is this force within us, that let's make it a part of what we teach so rather than making it about the mechanical nature of the body, let's also talk about the, uh, the, you know, the immune system, the biochemical mm. nature of the body, mm. because we know movement and chiropractic well, it's, movement. It's, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's an argued thing, but it's, it's true, because if you cut yourself with a knife, your skin heals up. How does it know how to do that? Yeah, well, you're not going to get any arguments from me, Andrew, on no. that, but it appears... And this is the hard part about science, is that, and coordinating science, I think, that's one of the biggest problems we've got, is coordinating science. Right. Not in chiropractic, but everywhere. Trying to find, trying to find, putting it all together so we get a balanced approach to what we're actually doing. And so some universities are going down this route of not, not, not thinking that that's important. Yeah. Basically, it's just very mechanistic, yep. And, and very pain-based, and it's allopathically minded. Allopathy means modern medicine-minded. So what's that called? What sort of university do they call that? So is Macquarie... Macquarie is definitely one of those. Yeah, yeah. so what, what do they call it? Bio, a biochemical, biomechanical, then, in their approach? I, I don't know. Nah, they call it evidence-based. Evidence-based, okay. Michael, evidence-based. But now, but define that, yes, evidence-based. There are three things... But what research you're looking at, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. evidence-based, if you look up in any Google dictionary, there are three parts to the best evidence available. Number one, published research, of which there are varying levels. Number two... The experience of the practitioner. Number three, what the patient or client, as you may refer to them, practice member, what that person wants to experience as well. They are the three categories which make up evidence-based. So on that definition, someone who's got 20 years experience as opposed to someone who's got five years experience is more evidence-based because they have 15 years more experience. Mm. Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. I'm just getting concerned not only in chiropractic and, um, well, I don't want to get, we're talking about different techniques today, but what I want to start with saying is that you can make any science fit, you know, and that's a lot of what are the physios argue with about chiropractic. They might have science, but it's not the science that, you know, they're manipulating their own papers to give 
their outcomes to look a certain way and we might say the same about what they do or science and these double blind placebo randomized controlled trials everything else to, that goes along with that um, I think what we need to do and the problem is we need to coordinate everything better and to get a more balanced approach and I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts lately that talk about the same thing and it seems and what's your yeah what's your take I've got a strong opinions about that because I've listened to um, really important people in the chiropractic profession around the world who've given me a very good explanation and, and contributed to my understanding and belief yeah. on that particular topic which maybe we can talk a bit more about that on another occasion um, but it all depends on your frame of reference exactly and, and what you beat me to with that is, how can and, and this is the the interesting part about science mm. is that we now know and, and it's pretty well defined that feeling and thinking are not separate they're the, they're one in the same so how you feel about a topic will govern how you think about it mm-hmm. so if you're feeling a certain way about a topic that will be your frame of res- reference in far as how you know what comes out of your mouth or what goes into your mind about it, you know, and those thoughts. So we know that feeling and thinking being the same, I think what that thing, if your frame of reference, as you say, it's a good term, is one way, it's going to lead all your um, thoughts, opinions, opinions down a certain path. Down a certain path, yeah. Yeah. So the difficult part is being very open-minded and objective uh, to all the evidence available. And I would say, too, examine how you feel. Mm. Examine, uh, you know, what is your feeling, not just your opinion, you know, Mm. or your attitude. And And, why? Yeah, so the way we feel about a topic really changes our thought process around it. Okay, mate, we're going to go through what we did. We compiled a quick list before we started. And, And look, can I just say that what we've just talked about there, we didn't talk about techniques, we talked a bit more about philosophy, but... Depending on how you think and your opinion and your philosophy will determine which techniques you use, both as a practitioner for us and also uh, as a patient or a client. The people you go and see, what your belief and thinking is, will determine the experience you have as well. Now, we compiled a list of 13 with add-on of 14 being osteopathy. Yeah. But the thir- who would have thought there's 13 te- different techniques? And we probably left off another... Oh, no doubt. Uh, another no doubt. dozen or oh, two. Oh, what about there. that one you, you did in that seminar that we haven't met? We didn't write oh, that ABC. ABC. There's yeah. another one. Advanced yeah. Biostructural so, Correction, so that which makes it also, yeah, it's yeah, out there. I, I enjoy it. Okay, so mate, I'm looking at our list now, and I probably use about... Of the 13, about seven or eight. How many do you reckon you use? Show me that list again. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, probably six or seven. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So what we're going to do is run through these 13, give you the very basics of them, have a look at what, uh, yeah, what each one's trying to achieve, what they're based on, whether you like them or not, whether I like them or not, whether Andrew likes them or not, it's not really relevant because they work for some people, not for others. I so. also want to put out a disclaimer uh, at the start of this and say... Sign, um, sign the waiver. Well, yes, yeah, sign the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> 
individual results may vary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we're not experts in all of these. Yeah. Some of these we're going to talk about I don't have a lot of knowledge about. It's just people I've talked to or, or what I've seen. And so if you are looking into some of these areas, there will be other people much better qualified to talk about them than myself. And when we're not out to hate on anyone. This no. is just giving the information, you know, uh, and, and hopefully doing it in a way that does it justice. Apologies from me if I can't do it effectively as well. Mm. So the first one, I think the most common one that most chiropractors are taught at uni mm. is called diversified. Diversified technique, yeah. yeah. Do you want to run through what diversified is? Uh, well, that is... The, the and, and I don't like to use this word, the manipulation, as we say, adjusting technique. It is a mechanistic technique where we use analysis of spine and joint position uh, and look at correcting that or improving the function of that. Uh, and it uses things like, postural assessment, palpation, and x-ray analysis, which is less and less each year, um, to determine or help determine what is the problem with this person. I think I'm going to have to get you to simplify things even more, buddy, because I tell you what, what, what my take on, on that is, mm. is that I think what they try to teach you with Diversified is where a spinal joint is stuck yeah, and then how to move it. And... There was when we went through. There was about of the spine. How many? About one hundred and fifty different ways. Yeah. That, that were taught on just how to move things that were stuck, and diversified technique. A lot of us start. Hence, with. when I say mechanistic, it means improving the mechanics, yeah. and that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. So, so if something's a bit stuck, it's getting it to move. Yeah. Good explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we need to touch on that because some techniques aren't based on that at all. That belief system. So. No, no, I would say that there's, uh, and I was watching a webinar yesterday, um, really good series by uh, a very famous chiropractor in the United States, Dr. Christopher Kent, who invented you know, the subluxation station with uh, you know, the EMG scans and whatnot. Anyway, I digress. Um, but there's three types or levels. So there's the... Uh, mechanistic, the mechanical techniques, which is like diversified. So if it's stuck, things stuck, not yep. moving, yeah. There are the tonal techniques, which are things like network, spinal analysis. We'll get to that, yeah. Yep. And then there, uh, what did he say? There was, and you could argue that um, diversified is out like this too, but I think he called it a segmental Techniques, so or or energy techniques. So there are things working on different levels. So I think what you're trying to say, I'm, that was that was that was confusing me a bit there again. Some techniques are based on um, on movement. Some techniques are based on the tone of things, mm. and some techniques are based on energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and tone, that, that was a bit confusing for me. Is that like tone of muscles or is that tone of nerves or is that tone of skin? Like, what does that mean? Good question, Mick. And really, it all comes down to the same because it's all controlled by the autonomic nervous system. So I think you'll find it's autonomic. So nerve, it's more nerve related. Nerve related. Yeah. But you can check that on the tone of 
scheme, for example. Yeah, sure. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so diversified, most of us graduated college with. Uh, most of us saw the... In Australia, diversified is taught at all the chiropractic universities. Yeah, mo most of us see chiropractic as the entry-level technique of chiropractic. Yep. Um, I know if you were going to see a manipulative physiotherapist, they would be doing some techniques similar to diversify. Uh, no, I'm going to get up on the high horse there and say, no, it is not. Diversified is much more specific, whereas the physiotherapy manipulative techniques are very non-specific in comparison and trying to stretch something yeah, yeah. until it goes crunch if you do. Gotcha. And so that's I'm, a good I'm point. Not, sorry, I'm not... Take, I'm not saying anything negative about the physiotherapy course. What I'm saying is it is non-specific in comparison to the chiropractic technique. Yeah, so, so what I would say to that is we would be looking, say, if there's a joint stuck at one level, L2, 3, L3, L, you know, we, we want to get that one joint to move, whereas what Andrew <coughs> is saying that they would just get the whole low back to move. Um, but if you were to be a casual observer and look at what they did, mm. you would see similar things that the techniques would look similar in some ways if you were to watch and not know what's going on. Yeah, they'd yeah. look similar, but, but the feedback... The outcome I, would be different. Yeah, the feedback I have from hundreds of patients over the years is that they feel totally different. Yeah. Okay, so diversified, it gets movement, it stretches things. You're going to feel a pop. Uh, the pop, as we've spoken about ad nauseum in podcasts gone by, um, has therapeutic effects. If it's done well, um, you can also get changes to uh, nerves. We know that. and you Not know, can, you will. If it's done well, yes, you will get changes to nerves. And, yeah, and also <laughs> uh, it's, it's good for movement, good for, mu good for moving muscles, good for, um, yeah, just... just getting to where things are stuck just to get them moving. Um, technique number two, Gonstead. Gonstead. Now, here's an interesting one, Andrew. Gonstead. Talk about Gonstead, buddy. No, I'm going to let you talk about Gonstead on that one. I went into the diversified. All right. Gonstead's a technique, and, and by and large, most people who do diversified, they... Um, they do x-rays. We A lot of us chiropractors take x-rays, but as Andrew indicated as well, that uh, diversified, they're probably in some universities, they're not using x-rays quite as much. But uh, Gonstead, it's a, it's a technique where x-rays are absolutely critical. And by critical, it's all about... Uh, Gonstead is a technique, and you might have seen videos of a guy on YouTube who... Yeah, you won't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't, because they got taken down. But Unfortunate. It, which is sad for all of us, because on YouTube, um, what actually happened was the guy was showing people coming in, bent over. He was called Chiropractic Excellence, his videos, I think they were. And he was taking x-rays and doing specific chiropractic adjustments, helping people. They had over a million views. And this guy was... Um, uh, he's in Melbourne. He's in Melbourne. And he got into trouble. And he's a, what's called a Gonstead practitioner. So they take x-rays. They manipulate 
they we, adjust? We, sorry, we should explain, Mick. He got into trouble because he adjusted a baby and there were some people in the public who were not chiropractors who did not understand what was happening who reported this person to the regulation authority um, and then the the problem was you're not allowed to show treatment on youtube to the rest of the world basically and he was forced to take those down yes yes and he it was very sad really in, in many ways because he was doing he was trying to do what he thought was right um, and he had the support of a lot of senior guys. Some of the guys we spoke about earlier who were Gonstead practitioners, they had his back and they were encouraging him to put it out there. But it seems the registration board didn't agree with what he, he had put online. And so that he, he, got, he got sort of reprimanded and uh, told to take those videos down. Um, Gonstead is a technique. What, what, yeah, what's the difference between Gonstead and diversified, Mick? That's 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 the good one, mate. And and very much, I think, in plain terms with chiropractic. I mean, I worked, I did a lot of Gonstead when I first graduated. Um, they have sort of a five-step system to working out uh, where to adjust someone. They use a thing called a nervoscope. Mm-hmm. Um, a nervoscope. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah, I've got one too. Don't use it a lot these no, days. No, me neither. And it's this thing that runs down your back and, and measures. measures temperature. Yeah. Yeah. So it tells you where the vertebra's inflamed. The second thing is they do is x-ray analysis. So they look at the x-ray and they say, well, listen, it's gone, it's gone out of alignment here. We need to adjust it this way. It's a very specific way of, of looking at the body. Mm. Then they'll look at the way it moves. And then they'll look at things like uh, your history, of course, and where your pain is. And, the and, and they'll check the patient too. So they'll palpate, which I think is vital for every practitioner. Yeah. They'll palpate and go, oh, that's the sore spot there. We've seen that on the X-ray. It's positioned this way. The person's presented with this. I've done the nervous scope. It's given a reading at that level. Yep. I'm going to adjust here. And you and I, we use Gonstead still, don't we? Yeah. We, we use a lot of Gonstead adjustments because it's... Oh, look, it's, it's a challenging technique to master. There's no doubt about it. I, uh, here we are at 21 years down the track, and sometimes I don't get an adjustment when I'm working on a daily basis that's a Gonstead-type adjustment. I get cranky with myself because I think, damn, it's, you, know, you just can't get that one segment to move the one way I want it to do. Well, Mick, that shows uh, what a diligent, detailed practitioner you are. And you're no different, mate. I know, because you treat me as well. Um, so, Gonstead, Gonstead's one of those things that some that's it's it's very mechanistic as well, isn't it, in its approach? Ah, uh, well, no? Mick, here's what I want to no. say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is mechanistic, but they have a very vitalistic philosophy, true. as we were true, talking true, about true. before. Now, and here's one thing I want to say right from the top about all of these techniques. We can talk about the differences in techniques, but a lot depends on the person you go and see. Because you can go and see someone, and I will argue, it doesn't matter what technique they use, 
if you go and see an awesome practitioner, you will get some benefit. Or you can go and see someone who maybe just isn't that experienced uh, and you might wonder what just happened. And it doesn't matter what technique they're using. Sure. And that's like going to getting a plumber to do some work or getting a carpenter to do some work or the mechanic that fixes your car or the doctor you go and see, depending on who you see, can determine whether you have a wonderful experience or whether you walk out of there going, I never want to see that person again. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people listening to this who understand that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Got, look, got, Gonstead, very, um, they tend to take x-rays before and after too, don't they, a lot of them, to see if there's changes? Yeah, yeah sometimes. Some some Once again, I think it depends, okay. Mick. I think it depends. Um, next technique, we, and we enter a different realm now, people, peeps, and this technique is, yeah, this yeah. technique, we've just had another one to the list, the most yeah. important one that we yeah. forgot about. Yeah. It's one Andrew's been doing for years. Yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> you <laughs> never put that in. Yeah. Very, very, very funny. Um, anyway, this bracket, we're going we're gonna to put sort of two or three under the same bracket. Yeah. And that is um, SAT cranial chirodontics. And yeah. SAT means? Sacro-occipital technique. Yeah. And I heard Rod Bonello came out on an interview I heard the other day, and Rod Bonello is in charge of uh, an association, chiropractic association in Australia. And Rod, Rod hasn't done, had a lot of clinical mm. practice, has he? But no, very little clinical practice, and it's going to be... Uh, understanding that this podcast will be out into the public sphere i need to be careful at what i say but what i will say from the outset is that i could not disagree more with rod Bonello. yes yeah and look i'm with you on that take because rod was coming out and saying that sot was a technique of interest when it came to children and that's what he was saying that could have some value when it comes to treating children i don't disagree with that Sorry, but it, the, he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I really am uh, uh, um, contradicting myself. But he said some other things about chiropractic in general, which I strongly disagree. I with. know, yeah. I know, and I feel the same way. But not what you just said then. Yeah, but it's my 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 take on that and what it's, I feel it's, passionate about. It's a about. low impact technique. Yeah, but it's not fair, it's it's not fair to these other techniques as well, mate. Mm. They're, they're, they're saying diversified and Gonstead can't help children then. Yeah, which is outrageous because we use those techniques on kids yeah. every week and see amazing results. Yeah, so it's, it's not fair to, to out say one technique. And, and as we spoke about in podcasts gone by, that the, the likelihood of hurting a child is... is astronomical it's like being hit by a rocket so like the, or the uh, we should say the unlikelihood of harming a child and if you look at the published research uh no deaths from chiropractic unlike what was reported on some of the media channels early in the year now i'm going to get really angry <laughs> um, because yeah. there were people who appeared on the commercial uh, channels who lied, they lied, and I'm calling them out. They yep. said oh, this. There were reports of deaths. Lie. Yep. I, I made, uh, uh, so on. if you hear a doctor come out on a commercial channel 
talking things like this about chiropractic. They are wrong. Yeah, I'm mate. getting up on my soapbox. Uh, listen, on that topic, I totally want you on your yeah. soapbox, dude. <laughs> I, I want you there. Yeah. Because no one's speaking up. And uh, even our associations are afraid to say things for repercussions. Uh, we just want what's the, the... We want the truth. Mm. You know, we did that podcast, The Truth Is Out There. I don't know, like, we can't seem to say this any clearer. The no, likely... like, like anything, often it's the most radical people who seem to have the loudest voice. So let's not digress too much. Or if you say it enough. Yeah, if you say the same thing over and over, over and over, and over again. Over. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to SOT, cranial chirodontics. Yeah, so, so SOT, can you explain what it is in a nutshell? So I, I worked, when I first worked, um, I worked in a kinesiology practice, which we'll get to for a couple of yeah. years. Then I worked in an SOT practice for five or six years, seven years before I started my practice. SOT is, you ever seen chiropractors use those funny triangular wedges? Yeah, yeah, I've got them at my clinic. Yeah, so basically that's, they're called SOT blocks. And what SOT is, it's more about gently repositioning things to balance things. So using your body's gravity. Mm. to realign rather than pushing it to realign. And is it, what, tell me about how it's to realign, to improve cerebrospinal yeah. fluid. Yeah, yeah it's it? a good point. So the, 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 chiropractic, the chiropractic techniques that we chat about so far are to do with something stuck, getting it moving, repositioning, realigning. And because that improves nerve flow. Yeah. SAT, and I've got to say, this guy, Dijanet, who discovered it, was a pretty progressive dude. Major props to him. Like, I, Look, I really think the people who invent, and I say that word loosely, or come up with these um, techniques, uh, no matter how lateral they may seem, are brilliant people. Oh. To come up with something new these days, it's you must be a genius. Normally there's there's five videos on the internet. Yeah. You know, before we even with the original we think we have an original idea and there's yeah. already five videos somewhere else yeah, in, the, that's in the ether. Um, mate, but this Dijonet guy, he was a pretty amazing guy because what he did was he had this belief system that it wasn't about the bones necessarily being out of place. It was about tension within the membranes that line the skull and the pelvis and the spine. So it was a tension thing. Yeah. yeah. Tone. You know? Tone, yep. yeah. So what he did was say, well, listen, if we can get the skull aligned properly and the upper neck aligned properly and the pelvis aligned properly, everything else will sort of start to, will yeah. start to realign. So he had all these, and not to say he didn't treat in between, he did. Mm. But he had all these techniques that involved gently balancing, moving, holding pressure um, to get those membranes to release that line the skull and line the pelvis. Mm. And um, look, we use it. I use it every every day. Um, you use it. Oh, yeah, not as much as you. I probably use it more sporadically. But um, certainly some people I think, oh, this person would be a good candidate to use that technique on. Yeah, from, from my perspective, what I like it on and why, oh, sorry, that didn't make sense. What I like to use it for is my belief system is some people are stiff and tight and need pulling, um, pulling apart mm. and some people are weak and loose and actually need putting back together. And that technique works particularly well for putting people back together who are unstable in their pelvis. That's an interesting way of describing it, but I like it. Yeah. So there's, so it works well for instability, and it also works well 
if you can't do any adjustments on a disc bulge, because they've got techniques that help with unloading a disc by just mm. lying on these blocks. Mm. And funny enough, I was talking to a chiropractor about it, and he said he was at a seminar where um, they'd injected dye into the cerebrospinal fluid, mm. and it was under um, C2. Yeah. And once they saw the two hands come in with the wedges mm. under the pelvis, and so those two wedges go in, that dye in the fluid wasn't moving. Then once the wedges came in, the dye started to pump up the spine. Mm. So it shows scientifically mm. that the cerebrospinal fluid was starting to pump up and down the spine by just lying on those funny triangular wedges that we've got in our practice. Mm. So the belief is if you can get the fluid to move, the nerves can flush and heal. Mm. And so uh, if, it's, if you believe in nervous system tone, getting the nerves um, bathed is really beneficial. Crani cranial... Yeah, what's cranials then? Cra so a bit of a, it's a, an, an adjunct on from SOT, isn't it? Because was he... Did, think, did like, Jarnett... This, this is my thing with cranial. I, I think cranial's poorly understood. Um, I spent a long time trying to work on cranial. Well, explain that to people who don't know about it. What, what are cranials? Cranials is pushing on different parts of your head and pulling them apart, especially around your, your jaw, upper the, jaw. The different bone plates yeah. that make up the skull. And, and the thing is, most people would say, well, isn't the skull fused? right? And, and that's a good point. It is fused. But the nature of... Well, it's fused in one perspective. But... What happens with the joints in your skull, they're little sore joints that knit together and membranes insert, those membranes we're talking about, they insert through those joints. So what can happen is if you're, and, and a lot of cranial is driven by TMJ, by your jaw. So if you've got a jaw imbalance, what it does, it will cause you to get pressure on one side of your head. Once you get on one side of your head, the joints get locked up on different parts of the bones in your skull, and then the membranes can tighten. Once those membranes tighten, it has to, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So the tension in one side of your head can actually affect all the way down the other end of your body, in, in, into your, you know, right down to your pelvis, because slack's been taken up. It's like having a, a tent inside a... Um, inside a, a pipe and in the tent's lining the inside of the pipe and then you pull one into the tent. And so what happens, you have to get tension down the other end. So by alleviating the pressure within the head, you can have knock-on effects right down the rest of the body. So, so just to summarise again, because that was a detailed uh, explanation, but a nice one. It is using, or what it's trying to do, once again, we come back to this word tension. It's trying to relieve tension in certain parts of the skull and especially around the jaw. And then I want you to explain chirodontics for me. Uh, chirodontics is simply to remove about tension, uh, which yeah. uh, we get accumulated in the body. And that tension can come from sort of chewing, mm. right? And so that's where chirodontic comes in, especially if. Uh, very simply, mate, uh, there's different layers to this. Layer number one, if you chew on one side and you're a stressor, you're going to cause pressure on one side of your head. Yeah. Number two is if you brux and grind of a night time, mm. bruxing and grinding is often secondary to not being able to breathe properly. 
So if you can't breathe, 80% of the time, you're going to brux. Mm. And especially if you're a mouth breather. So if you've got sinus issues, everything else associated with not being able to breathe, you, cl- you clench and grind your jaw. That pressure then goes into your head. That pressure in your head has a knock-on effect down the rest of your body. Yeah, and, and I think stress as well. And gosh, anyone living in a big city, I'm a, I'm a teeth clencher as well. Not as bad as I used to be. But... Yeah, well, the, the clench is just... And the clenching, and that's where we come down to a different side of it too, mate, because the clenching is from adrenaline, and we've spoken about that ad nauseum too, isn't that's it? That's right. Adrenal yeah. fatigue. So basically that's SAT, cranial, chirodontics, all in the one bracket, all some mostly low force techniques, putting pressure, holding pressure, using wedges, often working with dentists, often working with inno-stroke people to try to get the airway cleared. It's... Um, it's very popular technique, uh, especially for people who don't like to get that sort of mechanical adjustment, which we, Andrew and I love. Uh, next thing we've got is on the list is a technique called activator, the little mm. guns. I'm going to let you handle that one, mate. Do you do a lot of activator? No, I don't anymore because I have uh, a wonderful adjusting tool. Oh, it's, yeah, I do. call it my chiropractic jackhammer. It's the electric. Tickler. Yeah, or or the kids love it. They call it the tickle machine. Um, and it's called that's called an arthro stim. But activator is that little handheld kind of like a gun. It's a, a clicker. clicker clicker machine. Yep. It provides a force. Uh, studies have shown that force is sufficient to elicit a nerve response in the nerve root. Yep. And once again, I think overall, because um, there's a specific testing technique for activator where the person lies down and you do certain tests and they check leg length because they're looking for tension on one side of the body at a certain level. And then they can adjust using that handheld tool, the handheld clicking machine at that segment. And then they recheck to see if things are balanced. Once again, I'd call it a low force technique. You're not getting clicks and pops in the joints. I use it very occasionally. Yeah, Yeah. I um, will use it on uh, paediatrics with babies usually. And I'll use other techniques on other people these days. I used to use it more until I got an arthro stim, which I just think is a oh, that's great adjusting tool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good, good. Which good I've used tool. it on you, yeah, haven't it's I? Great. So, so that's what act- activator is. It's used by a lot of chiropractors around, and uh, I often think some of these low force techniques, um, chiropractors take them up because they don't like the more manual techniques that we learn yep uh, and you know what there's lots of members of the public which prefer that kind of a technique as well well they still get results don't they yeah. it comes down to personal preferences I've, yep. I've certainly got patients that come and see me and they want to get adjusted they enjoy getting adjusted manually um, where they feel that physical release other patients yeah they, they're not into that and you know that's that's they cool. prefer a more gentle approach that's, yep. that's up to them you that's know great. we've got different um gears to use in, to drive the car so yeah if that's what they're into no problem and that's and then the next technique we have your drop piece now we learned a technique at university which was part of our course called there you go, and there's then we a drop go piece. there's a drop piece and uh it's a bit like a 
dog with a big bark and no bite because it makes a lot of <laughs> now I say that because it makes a lot of noise usually yeah. but it's really gentle yeah um, and I use a drop piece technique that's what CBP utilizes CBP short for chiropractic biophysics uh, in regards to correcting the shape of the spine and um, we learn a thing called Thompson drop piece which um, looked at different segments and especially pelvic balancing as well, didn't it? But it's using the table to do the work. So where you can How does use... that work, mate? The law of physics that it uses, it's about yeah, well, you've got equal someone... and opposite forces, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm sure there's people who Newton's will listen law. to this who've had drop piece used on them, and that's where you're lying on the table and will... Uh, set a piece of the table so it lifts up and there's a, a spring mechanism underneath and then we can just push down in a specific direction. The table drops away and the spine moves underneath. So it's it's a gentle technique. Uh, what do you use it for? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I use it... I, I use it when, once again, with patients that I feel, um, you know, some patients are actually just difficult to adjust manually to. Yeah. Yeah, they might be, you know, carrying a little bit of weight or they might be, um, uh, they, they might just be uncomfortable for them to get positioned a certain way. Mm. I use it in those cases. I, I use it when I, especially, I, I like it with elderly people too. Mm. You know, I, I like it to get movement. You've got to be, there is a, a critical mass for that. There is a threshold. But um, there's another technique we didn't write down, and that is flexion distraction. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I tend to use flexion distraction with elderly people. Look, I use it. I use it on peripheral joints too. I use it on hips. I really like it for mm. hips. Mm. Um, look, I use it a lot, but I, I, for me personally, I think. Um, just one tool of many, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I do use it a lot, uh, but I am using it to... I, I use it in the way that you use it for some people who are difficult to do the manual adjusting on or, or they don't like the manual adjusting, so they prefer a more gentle approach. And I find drop pieces great. Um, but as part of the corrective work that I do when I'm looking at correcting posture and getting changes on an x-ray, I have it set up, and I've got a special table for this, um, uh, which got sent over from the States. In fact, I've got a couple of them. But I'm basically pushing the spine and posture in the opposite direction to which they're misaligned. Yeah. Very simple uh, philosophy. Push yeah. it in the opposite direction to get improvement and change and get things realigned, and that's posture and spinal alignment. Yeah. Uh, and I love it for that. So I do use that a lot. And it's just part of my routine, which I kind of add on to the other things I do, which takes all of 60 seconds to do. <laughs> Great. Uh, I, I think that covers that. Anyone who's been to a chiropractor knows what drop piece is. They've had it. Uh, some people like it. In fact, some people hate it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Some people don't like Personal it. preference. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, once again, you know, we can tailor things to whatever you need. Uh Here's one that we haven't spoken about. It's one I've never learnt, uh, yeah. but it's called hole-in-one. 
Now, here's... Here, I don't know a lot about it. I know they use it in America, and there's some colleges... They teach it at some colleges mm. in the States. Mm. But it's just it's just moving on. The, the, it's really atlas-focused. You know, the top vertebra is C1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they do a thing called toggle adjusting, where we just talked about the drop piece of the table. So they will use that, but it's only in the upper neck. And they take x-rays, and they will check the position... Of the atlas, you which do is that the a first. Bit, don't you? I use toggle. I absolutely I do, um, but not necessarily in the whole hole in one philosophy. Philosophy, okay. yep, yep. Because I do look at atlas alignment and right, left. Sure. Yep. Um, but they will specifically look at the position of the occiput in relation to the atlas and the axis. And they will only adjust that segment. So that you mean to tell me if someone comes in with sciatica or a bad back, yep. you know, all they're doing is adjusting this upper neck. Absolutely, because yeah. as we talked about with sacro-occipital and tension at one end causes tension at the other, that being the first vertebra at the top of the spine and where it's positioned being around the brain stem, they believe that if that's realigned, it takes pressure off everywhere else. Yeah. I'm simplifying that, but that's what we want, simple explanation. Um, cool. We've done hole-in-one then. We've covered drop piece. We're going to get into a really interesting set of techniques now that, um, that a lot of... Chi- it's, it's grown in um, popularity over the last mm. 10 years in Australia, and it's called Applied Kinesiology. Um, and we can throw in that there's whole sub branches to that called mm. NET, TBM. Uh, you know, there's where they use also vials. They'll use testing vials. NET is called neuroemotional technique. Um, TBM's total body modification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we love the acronyms here. Oh yeah, yeah. how to sell a technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look. I um, I worked. Tell us about kinesiology. Yeah, look, I, I worked with a kinesiologist. Or otherwise known as AK. AK. Yeah. I worked with a kinesiologist for the first couple of years, <clears throat> and um, it was very challenging for me to come out of university and to have my belief system challenged. Challenged. Yeah, it was a good thing, um, but it, he he ran a very really busy kinesiology clinic, and people were coming in with a back pain. And he'd be doing muscle testing on them and touching their their body and saying, oh, it's your left lung or, you know, it's your you know, right. And I'm thinking, this guy's a nutter. You know, what's going on here? Mm. But, you know, he was getting results, you know. So it, it was very, it was very, um, very confronting. That's what it was. So can you explain, though, kinesiology, what is it? So what it is, it's the ability to... Um, your muscle test. Test, test a muscle based on strength. And if you introduce something or touch an acupuncture point, which a lot of it's based mm. on, I'm, you know, I'm trying to work on my own technique, chiropractic te- technique at the moment to do with acupuncture. But if you touch an ac- acupuncture point and then touch a, and test a muscle, if that acupuncture point is under stress or that meridian is under stress in some way, uh, what will happen is that muscle will go weak. Likewise, if you introduce something into somebody's electromagnetic field, whereby, you know, say you're, you are sensitive to beer, and I came and put a beer 
on your chest or I got you to drink a beer mm. and the muscle was strong beforehand that I was testing, mm. say a shoulder muscle, yeah. and then you drink the beer or put the beer on your chest, the muscle would go weak. If introducing that beer into your electromagnetic field would cause that muscle to, to, to weaken. So, so you'd say you test, if it's weak, this is bad for you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's putting your body under stress. Stress, yeah. So that technique has been, that philosophy mm. has, has taken all different shapes and sizes. Can, yeah, can I just say uh, my understanding. So they do the muscle testing and it can be different muscles. Um, but they're trying to find out, is it a mechanical problem? Is it a, a biochemical problem? That's what they Or do. is it an emotional yeah. problem? And, and that's TBM too. And, and so what they'll do is test the body. They'll do a muscle test mm. and say, okay, Andrew's neck pain, is it a physical problem? Mm. Is it, uh, and test the muscle. Mm. They'll say, is it a emotional problem? Mm. Test the muscle. Is it a biochemical nutritional problem? Mm. Uh, and it go, you know, it might go weak or yeah. one of those. And then it goes from there. So it's like having those tree diagrams where you work yeah. your way down. Um, so they'll say, okay, it's a physical problem. It's a neck. Okay, so is it his neck? And they'll test, is it C23? So, ah, uh, is it on the right or oh, the left? Well, then you can, but you can also go to that segment and test C2, C3, C4. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or is it the jaw? And so mm. then they do the, then the treatment will be applied according to what the body is telling them that the problem is. In regards, but it's all based on the muscle test, strong weak. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think where it has merit is that everyone has their own story in regard to their problem. And, what it's doing is bypassing potentially the conscious mind and going to the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And I think there's merit in that. I, I believe on a personal level that um, if, if you're using a technique that bypasses the story, you know, you might get to a level that is slightly... You're deeper. Off, deeper, a, di- yeah. a different, different level. The downside of that, is that you're not really operating within any science parameters. Mm. So the biomechanics aren't really looked at. Mm. You know, it's not really it's not really a technique that it's kind of very different to Gonstead. Mm. In that Gonstead what Clarence Gonstead what he was about was all about getting the body aligned from a mechanical point of view, yeah. physically everything balancing up. Mm. Whereas that's just not not really part of what they're about. No. I want to bring in an important point here, and that is to say uh, you don't have to be a chiropractor to do kinesiology. No, you don't. Because I had a friend who was a kinesiologist, but she's not a chiropractor. So she used kinesiology more on those neuroemotional things Uh to help you more on a psychological side and, and get rid of stresses in your life and those sort of things. And and I liked what she did. She did help me, but that was not chiropractic. So kinesiology is not chiropractic per se, but there are chiropractors using kinesiology to help. Yeah, they're using kinesiology to determine also how to adjust and where to adjust. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So I think chiropractic, um, we, we've had very interesting talks about this over the last year, to be honest, because there's parts of, uh, I'm going to be honest on the podcast and say, there's, I feel like sometimes kinesiology goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. 
but also it can be really helpful um, for people that haven't responded to other techniques. And I've seen it with my own eyes. So mm. I'm not going to criticise it because uh, I know it really does help people. But for on a personal level, um, and this is just me, I just was trying, I, 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 I like to be in that logical frame, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, kinesiology, uh, we've had interesting debates on whether or not kinesiology is taking the profession forward and one must then ask what is taking the profession forward i don't know and the bottom line is if you're helping people you're taking the profession forward i guess so you know but i i would i would i my reservation was was that i was hoping that kinesiology would maybe be um able to reproduce its um say say if you get a kinesiologist coming to uh diagnose you okay and then the kinesiologist uh diagnosed a certain thing and got an outcome if you saw another kinesio kinesiologist more than likely they would not find the same thing wrong but they would equally be able to help you so is that from like, your personal experience? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it is. That's just my personal experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not so well. It, if if you were to put ten kinesiologists into a room and potentially get them to check the same patient, they would come up with ten different things. Yeah, but you, uh, we, but you we should said point that to out. Me. Yeah, we we should point out that was your personal experience. Yeah. There has not been a study to show that. Yeah. From my perspective, you said the same thing about other techniques we've spoken about yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, so there's things like, um, you know, diversified adjustments or Gonstead adjustments, and you'll get 10 practitioners, you know, and they'll all be doing different adjustments as well. Yeah. Right? And so, but doesn't, and the person got results. Yeah. Right? Which means that, like, what I'm believing in isn't making total sense. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, that's just my personal experience. I, I found it uh, a little bit um, just too confusing for me, you know, on a personal level to try to um, grab onto, you know, as a practitioner. And so, yeah, look, the, the, the NET, which is an emotional technique, that tends to work on people's um, um, trapped you know, emotional beliefs, mm. you know, that, that are, uh, are locked in their body and stored mm. in their body. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen or had these experience with these testing vials. I've got some in my room just here, you know. I've got testing vials. Mm. Um, and that is those testing vials you put on the chest and you test a muscle, and that is to determine... I use it for food sensitivities, you know, mm. to see if someone potentially has a, you know... Uh, something that they shouldn't be eating and i use it as a guide i always use it as a guide and um you know even the science of that some would argue that if you get blood tests taken and check a white blood cell response to a certain food that that's not even reliable so it's a guide it can help um some there's very successful chiropractors who get many wonderful results with kinesiology mm. you know um anything you want to add to that mate uh no, look, once again, um, uh, I, as I said before, I think it all depends on the person you go and see. So the quality of the practitioner is going to determine 
the result you get, not necessarily the technique. Oh, okay. Well, then, how do they get results then if it's on the quality of the person? That's an interesting comment. So, if it's not the technique, what are we actually affecting? And that's a good question. That's a, yeah. So, if it's not related to the technique, if it's the quality of the person, what are we actually affecting? What are we changing? Well, let me give you an analogy. You pay a builder to build you a house, and you get two builders to build you a house, and someone's going to build you a house, and you go, oh, yeah, that's a nice house. And then someone else builds you a house and you go, that is effing amazing. That is the most beautiful house I've seen. I just feel great being in that. And that's the difference. You've got two houses. One's a lot better than the other one. Okay. Does that make sense? Not really. I'm confused at that really? one. Because is it the house Is it the house that... Are the both houses the same? Or are they two different houses? Yes. Right, so... so you say, here's 500 grand, build me a house. Yeah. And one guy builds a house and it's amazing. Another guy yep. builds a house. Okay, I understand that. Okay, cool. All right. So, Logan Basic, here's another technique, mate. Um, what do you think of Good Logan for the Basic? Kids. Yeah, I use Logan Basic occasionally. Gentle force technique. I use it on little kids and bubs uh, specifically. More with the, yeah, the pelvic balancing uh, and, and you're doing a, a quick leg length check and you just apply pressure with your thumb to push the pelvis in a certain direction. Yes, so similar to SOT in some ways. Mm. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. We're going to talk about a technique um, that you use a lot. And mm. this is one we've forgotten about. I find it funny that we missed this one. <laughs> it's one of the cornerstones of your practice. Absolutely. And we didn't even put it in there. It's a thing called CBP, chiropractic biophysics. Biophysics, yep. Um, and chiropractic biophysics, can you tell us a little bit about that, mate? Uh, has had more research studies published than any other chiropractic technique. It is very evidence-based because it is looking at posture. It is looking at x-ray structure and it is looking at what the person presents with you do testing and retesting at certain time intervals so it's very um, objective and measured and i really like that because you get to look at before and after results not just in what people are telling you are the changes but certain measurable outcomes and that's why i love it yes so you can um, you can actually see changes off yeah, x-rays absolutely yeah. so but it's yeah you can see changes where you can have an objective measurement and obviously at the end of the day you, you want that person to be getting healthier and so you get their feedback as well and and what chiropractic biophysics does there's a certain adjusting technique which we talked about before, where you're pushing things in the opposite direction to the misalignment. Uh, you give people postural exercises to do to improve their posture. And something that I don't have in my clinic due to space, but which I've worked in clinics that, that do, uh, and that is they will have equipment where you will stretch a person in the direction they need to be stretched, which is opposite to the misalignment. And then you can have a whole host of equipment. So I've worked in clinics where they've got a massive rehab room and they've got 10 or 12 pieces of equipment, both sitting, 
standing yeah. and lying down. I've never worked in one of those places. I was asking you about it a little while ago. It sounds interesting. Um, it's pretty intense, isn't it? Like some of the they the tech. You said sometimes they uh, intense isn't the right word. It, it, it's very. Um, they're very determined to get changes to films. Um, yeah. Like yeah, very, yeah. So they'll they'll have people sitting and and distracting them certain ways. Yeah, with the yeah. weight on the back of their head. Yeah. Or, or look, I would say in that regard, in getting changes in posture and and on an X ray, um, taking it to the nth level that they do, they get changes where other techniques will not. I'd also say that for some people, those sort of things, they just don't like it, which I also understand. Uh, I don't use those that sort of rehab equipment simply because I don't have the space in my clinic. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do give other I give people stuff to take home and do at home as part and, of their and, rehab. And you these foam blocks you use a lot too, isn't it, yeah, to help realign? Absolutely. And that's part of biophysics. Physics, yeah. absolutely. Um, so there's homework to do. And and what I found from my personal experience is that um, uh, doing the adjusting technique, giving people homework and giving them rehab exercises we still get amazing changes for the sake of a few degrees on an x-ray. Uh, it just saves me a lot more in rent on trying to rent an extra 16 square metres in inner city Sydney. Well, you get great results without that anyway, mate. So um... so that's what chiropractic biophysics is. It's, it's a scientific chiropractic technique which looks at measurable outcomes so you can do Off before an and afters yeah, yeah. often x-ray um you, there's also a technique that you've been doing for the last few years that you like called the abc yeah and that's an acronym for advanced biostructural correction which is a, a postural technique but what they look at and and i've got the theory on this although i have to admit disclosure I haven't read the entire textbook. Um, we talked about with those low force techniques before where you're looking at reducing meningeal tension. Yep. And that's what ABC technique Similar. is okay. meant to do as well. Only How do they do it then? Well, it's not a low force technique. Okay. Yep. And they do... They will do upper neck adjustments and it's lying down. Okay. Uh, and then the other ones where they're doing, for example... Is that the, like the, the old chicken wing, lying down, where you, you do the occiput and that lying down? Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, you'd really have to see it. I can, sh I can show you the, yeah. the video sometime. But it's kind of like that. And then they do a lot of adjusting standing up against a wall. Uh, and you do... You do... Um, the thing that I like about it is that um, f for one treatment, like you will feel a difference. Yeah. How long that's going to last, obviously, uh, depends on how long your problem has been there for. I say problem, not symptom. Yeah, exactly. How long the problem has been there for. But you do, there's a before and after difference. Our final technique we're going to talk about is a thing called flexion distraction. I've got a couch here that's a flexion distraction. It looks like a medieval torture device. Uh, freaks people out when I first use it. 
and because you strap their legs in. Yeah. And then you you take this handle and the couch drops away. Drops away. And, yeah. And, and you put pressure on their spine. So it bends into flexion. Or side bend. Yeah. Or side bend. Or, or rotation. Right. Some yep. of the couches, but yep. I don't have rotation. I have side bend. And it's for the people that need it. It works really well. Is it really good for for disc? Disc, it is, and also spondylosis. Yeah, what's spondylosis? So for older people who have degeneration. A lot of wear and tear. Yeah, Yeah. so, and sometimes that spondylosis hits the central canal, and um, by by getting intersegmental traction, you can give give relief on that. So So it gets a bit of movement in there. It does. uh, Otherwise, with drop piece, they tend to flinch against it because their joints are fairly brittle. Yep. And... um, and also diversified, it's hard to get them. Not always. Some people are great yeah. at it. Just for me, I find But, but there's certain people, yeah. I yeah. used to, I don't have a flexion distraction table these days, but I spent a few years working in a couple of clinics that did, mm. and they were the kind of cases. I think the practitioner I worked for at the time did it on everyone, basically. Um <laughs> But, but I found those people that you just mentioned, it works really well where the, some of the other techniques we utilise um, are a bit more of a struggle to get change. And mate, I'm all about like what's great for the patient, but it's also what's important for us as practitioners as well. And I don't want to place stress on my body to um, trying to put my body in a position where they could be injured, you know, if somebody... So what are you saying? It's the table that does the work? Exactly. Yep. Is what I'm trying and to say. what does the practitioner need to do? Make sure you get it in the right spot. Yeah. 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 And, but you can do that by palpation when you're doing it anyway. Because yeah. the joints that are stiff, you're going to feel them. And the joints yeah. that are yeah, loose, you leave alone. Um, there's one more thing we want to talk about. And that was osteopathy. Because when we first started, I mean... Yeah, was... What's the difference between chiropractic and osteopathy? Get yeah. asked it every week. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. When we first started, it was chiropractic and osteopathy. So we learnt a lot of osteopathy, um, a lot of osteopathic techniques. I mean, I remember the Bowen's techniques, the Nimmo's techniques, all these muscle techniques. Mm, that so they, soft tissue soft work. Soft tissue yeah. work, yeah. All these different massage and muscle release techniques. Um, there's chiropractors I went through uni with. Um, who sent a certificate to Queensland, paid their fee of 500 bucks or more, and they called themselves an osteopath that had the exact same qualifications as what we had. Now, they closed that loop um, not long after I graduated, or we graduated. So You can't study osteopathy in Australia anymore. But the, 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 the belief in osteopathy, and, and, and because I am not an osteopath, um, and I wasn't taught really primarily as an osteopath. I was taught as a chiropractor like you. I'm not an expert in osteopathy. Mm. So I don't want to say that I'm... I don't want to give um, my opinion of what osteopathy is when osteopathy... I probably won't do it complete justice. But I do know osteopathy focuses more on um, the importance of muscular function mm-hmm. and also blood flow. Yep, go on. Rather than we're more about the joint and nerve electricity. Yeah, I think you've pretty much, in a nutshell, explanation nailed it. Thanks, mate. So, I, 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 so there's some techniques that I still use that are osteopathy. And when you're seeing an osteopath, you may not be seeing an osteopath. You may be seeing a chiropractor who's calling himself an osteopath. 
But I, so. I think they tend, just once again in a nutshell, they tend to use the more gentle, a lot of lot more massage techniques. I think a lot of osteos use acupuncture as well, which is not chiropractic or osteopathy. It's acupuncture. <laughs> you use acupuncture. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're, they're using more gentle techniques uh, to try and reduce tension in the body. Yep. So I mean, that's we've we've touched on about 15, 16, 17 There we added a few on the on the run as we remembered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find it hilarious that we forgot one of the cornerstones <laughs> of your practice. We were writing them down, but ultimately, as and there's ones we haven't added there. Yeah, There'd be, I, I can guarantee you there's at least three more to round it out to twenty. So if that was confusing for you, I get it. It's hard for us to keep up with it all as well. And you know what? The 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 list will only get longer as time goes on doesn't necessarily mean that it will be completely new. I think some of the techniques they and the belief systems, uh, they're dressed up in a new tech, like, yeah, same thing dressed up in a different way. So um, I, unless we get a really amazing, groundbreaking thinker, at the moment, I can't see those techniques change. That what we're doing changing too much. Yeah, look, I think the importance of explaining this is to realise that there are different techniques practiced by different people, uh, and and different people, different members of the public will find they get better results with one technique than another. I'd say, like anything, just because you may not have got a good result with one person, not all chiropractors are the same. You should try someone else. It's the same as doctors, lawyers, tradespeople. Yep. It's not a, a general thing across the board. Um, some people prefer one technique to another. Different chiropractors prefer using different techniques, and that's the beauty of the chiropractic profession. There's a lot of different techniques utilised uh, and they really, at the end of the day, we're just trying to get a good result for you. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we also want um, you in a situation as a patient where you're comfortable in coming, you know, and, and happy and, and welcomed at your chiropractic. And, and as defined at the start of the podcast, evidence-based, what the patient wants is part of that. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think that's about sums it up, mate. There's a lot to get through there. There's way more than what I thought it was going to be, actually. Um, do you have anything you want to add before we finish up? No, I think that's a good wrap. Uh, I really enjoyed that chat, actually. Me too, mate. Where do we go from here? What's our next topic, buddy? Yeah, good question. <laughs> okay. No worries, mate. All right, we're winding up. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you next podcast. Bye.